Hey, Al McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Hey there, welcome to another midweek audio edition of the Sun Solar Panel. As always, I'm your host, Dave King. Thanks for coming by. Solar Panel, it's always free, always fresh, and presented by the Basketball Podcast Network. We do live interactive shows every Saturday on YouTube, plus extra episodes during the week with local and national media like this one. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review while you're here. And if you leave a five-star review, I'll read it on the air. Today, my guest host is Matt Moore. On Twitter, you probably know him best as Hardwood Paroxysm or HP Basketball, and he used to write for CBS Sports. Huge basketball guy, so I always look to Matt's input on the NBA. These days, he's with the Action Network, a sports betting site which is now very relevant in the Arizona market. Matt tells us how to bet on the NBA, what bets are good bets, what bets are bad bets. This episode was recorded a few days ago, so the odds may be slightly different when you listen to this episode, but they're all still pretty much the same because the NBA season hasn't started yet. Let's go. All right, here we are with Matt Moore of the Action Network. Thanks for coming on again, man. Thanks for having me. Love coming on. Yeah, it's the uh, last time you were on the show with me. We were talking, actually, it was preseason uh, before the 1920 season. And uh, oh, and the in, the, in the before times, you in mean the before it was the in end, the it was the beginning of the new of the of the new world. Yes, ex- oh, I know what you're talking about pre COVID. Yes, in the before times, yes. And the Suns were about to enter the 1920 season, and we had a nice talk about the fact that the Suns finally had more than two or three guys who were going to still be in the NBA in 18 to 24 months. I remember that was the hot take coming into. You're like, yeah, I can go seven, eight players deep of guys that are going to still be in the league in seven <laughs> yes. or eight months. I can't remember the last time I said this about the Suns. <laughs> it turns out that was a, a very big deal. Having actual NBA players helps you win NBA games, it turns out. Yeah, exactly. And it, it came true. I mean, they had a, they had a little bit of a rough start. Uh, before the bubble happened, the Suns were still 26 and 39, but they were legitimately competitive for the first time in years. And that's basically what you had predicted. We had, we had talked about low thirties on a full 82 game schedule. So on wins, so that, so that looked about right. So now fast forward two years later, the Suns made the finals this past year to everyone's surprise, including Suns fans. Um, I only know one or two uh, Suns fans who legitimately believe that the Suns would get as far as they did. And those guys are delusional and they're my, they're some of my better friends. So it's okay to be delusional when you're a fan. Um, now we're going into year three, year three, since uh, you and I talked and the Suns now have, I mean, you could probably argue that they're 15 deep on NBA playable players now. Um, but, my question, I guess, is how far can they go with the top end of their, because it's the top end of their roster that is going to carry them back to a finals. So um, before I go too far, though, let's talk about what did you, I know I saw your your takes on Twitter throughout the playoffs. You were pretty high on the Suns throughout the playoffs, although everyone skeptically correctly didn't think the Suns would make it all the way to the finals, but you were pretty high on how good the Suns were last year. Uh, what's your recollection of what you thought about the Suns going through that playoff run just a couple of months ago? So everything I do is, is built from like betting 
working at the Action Network, betting has really influenced me where I think about things in terms of probabilistic sense, right? Like, what's the value on these things? How far can they go? Where the, you know, number, if they do the, if they play a thousand times in a thousand universes, how many times does one team win versus the other? So here's basically where I was at. Uh, I bet the Bucks and Suns to make the finals before the playoffs started. Uh, I caused a real big kerfuffle on Lakers Twitter because the Friday before the playoffs began, I asked, look, I get it. It's LeBron and AD. But exactly why is this a bad matchup for the Suns? I did not think that was a bad matchup for the Suns. I think if both teams had stayed healthy, I don't think it was a bad matchup for the Suns. I think they could have won that series. Maybe not would have, but they could have won that series if everybody had stayed healthy throughout the duration of that series. And for every Anthony Davis, there's the Chris Paul stuff. So it kind of balanced out. Now, my crucial mistake was the Nuggets got past the Blazers, who I didn't think that the Nuggets would. And so at that point, I was like, okay, the, the Nuggets just have something. Like, they're just built for the playoffs. They're so good in all this kind of things. Yoga just such a big factor. And I, I misjudged, one, how good Aiden was against him in the regular season. Uh, and I misjudged the importance of having a guard that could create and pick and roll because I, I what I should have stopped and said was, are the Nuggets going to be able to beat the Suns without being better on offense? And if I asked myself that, I wouldn't have picked the Nuggets to win in six because it was funny. I picked the Nuggets to beat the Suns in six games and they got swept. At the same time, I was betting after they beat the Lakers, I was hammering Western Conference title futures on the Suns because my thought process was literally like, I think the Nuggets are in a good spot here to to beat them, but I don't think any team on the other side of the bracket can beat Phoenix based off of how good they were versus the top-end teams. And this is where we are entering this season, I think, is I am expecting a regression from the Suns in regular season performance. I think that by the end of these of the regular season, if they are healthy, I'm probably going to be looking at the Suns to once again, cause a ruckus in the Western conference. I don't think it was all injuries. I do think they are well built to make a run in the playoffs. I am expecting regular season regression, but there's no way you can look at this roster and what they accomplished last year. And think they're, they're going to be worse when April comes around. Wow, so there's your hot take right there, Suns fans. Not everybody thinks the Suns are or going to be much more beatable next year in the playoffs than they than they were this past year. Um, I tell you what, uh, I did not. I was not aware. Let's go back a little bit. I was not aware that you had picked the Suns and the Bucks in the finals before the playoffs started. I bet them. How did That's I miss different that? than picking them. <laughs> That's different you than picking them. them. I bet them. I thought the value okay. was there because. Look, you got at that time. You got the Lakers that are still banged up. We don't know what they we didn't know where they were going to be uh, in terms of the injuries. AD was still looking a little re- creaky, and LeBron wasn't looking great. And I looked at the other teams, and I wasn't betting the Jazz. That was not a thing I was going to do. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't betting the Clippers, and I didn't like either of those teams. I honestly thought that the most likely scenario was that the Jazz would beat the Clippers, and then the Suns would beat the Jazz when it was. Mm-hmm. If it was full strength Clippers versus full strength Suns, my take on it shifts a little bit, right? Kawhi is that big of a deal, and the Clippers' ability to switch is a problem. But honestly, by the time that they got to that that, that those that Western Conference Finals, the Suns had figured out so much about their identity. 
they were playing so well on both ends. They played with such confidence that um, I still wound up betting the Suns because I thought they were going to win that series. I thought the Suns in general, I paid a lot of attention in the regular season to what I refer to as win profile. It's who do you beat? Who do you lose to? How do you perform versus those teams? You can win big versus, or you can win small versus those good teams. And what that basically means is you won a bunch of coin flips. The Suns mm-hmm. had the best point differential versus top 10 teams in point differential in the league. So of the 10 best teams in the league, the Suns were the best against them. And I kept hammering that point on every podcast and, and thing and that bit of analysis, which was the Suns team was great against great teams. And yeah. so uh, that was why they wound up getting, I, I think that was a lot of the secret to their success last season there is, I think, based off of the research I've done, it is difficult to duplicate that success year over year. I expect them to take a, a step down in that in the regular season for sure. But uh, I still think that Monty Williams is a good coach. Chris Paul is still an incredible competitor. I expect Booker to be better. I expect Mikhail Bridges to be better. I would like them to actually get eight in the ball a little bit more. I think there's room for improvement. I have some concerns with the roster, particularly with their choices about the front court rotation in the absence of Dario Saric. But again, I think by April, they'll have figured out more answers. This is what I think is really fascinating about the Suns team is I'm very confident in them regressing in the regular season. But I have realized that I'm like, I do I think any of this matters when they get to the playoffs? No, I think they're still going to be a really good team. Wow. Soak this up, Suns fans, because this is not something we have been listening to for the past 10 years. We're used to hearing other teams, you know, talking about other teams being better in the playoffs potentially than the regular season. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm really curious how Chris Paul is going to handle this upcoming season. He's been so driven and he'll continue to be driven. But at some point, he's going to have to, like, edit himself a little bit because Monty Williams isn't going to edit him if he's being... Um, just his, his usual self, which is I'm going to play every minute. I'm going to play every game coach. You know, um, I'm, I'm curious to see how, how they all come back um, season. So Matt, with your, with your whole betting background, betting just started becoming legal in Arizona this past week. And so we've got a lot of fresh betters out here in Arizona. We have a lot of people who suddenly have the, uh, the reins to bet just about anything they want. And, uh, it's like, you know, giving candy to a baby. Um, can you give people, uh, some advice on the kind of bets that they should be making if they haven't been betting somehow regularly? You know what I mean? Like people are just, yeah. they're suddenly, they're getting that draft, their DraftKings Sportsbook, Action Network, Action Network, whatever it is that they're using for betting. It's, they don't, they don't know what's right and what's wrong. Can you give us some advice? Don't do teasers in the NBA. That means taking points to move down. There's not significant points to move across. Don't use teasers. Uh, Don't. I'm not going to tell you not to do parlays. Be selective in the parlays that you do. Don't get too many teams involved. Uh, I actually think there is some value in round robins in the NBA, which is pairing, take four teams and it's, the first team and the second team and the first team and the third team and the first team and the fourth team. And you pair them all together uh, and the second and the third and then the third and the fourth. Uh, there's some value now in the money lines. You can track a lot of the information. If you want advanced information in the action network app, we track stuff like where's the money coming in at, at, the, at books uh, where how's the line moved? 
Uh, where's the public in terms of the number of bets that have been put in versus where the money is at? You have to track all those kind of things. Uh, pay attention to getting the best of the number. That's one of the things you can do in the action app. If a line was, if the Suns were five point dogs versus uh, the Lakers on the road when the line opened and then they're four point dogs by the time the, the, the game came around, you've lost a point of value. And that can be pretty important across the number of bets that you're making. Uh, be responsible, obviously. Manage your bankroll is a big one. Uh, and then other than that, I think the NBA has a has a pretty healthy amount of things that you can bet on, like props and first halves, and uh, which I bet a lot of last year. I bet a lot of first half props and things like that. Uh, player props, stuff like that's very popular. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do, but you, if you want to do it and you want to do it well, you need, and like, look, I'm not even coming at you as like saying like, I'm a great better. Uh, I'm working mm -hmm. every day to get better, but you need to be uh, informed as much as you can be about it. Uh, also, I would tell you like some people like to bet nightly. Some people like to, people like to bet futures. I'm a big futures better. I like the big picture stuff in the NBA and I, I build positions over the course of a year. So I bet a lot of different options, a lot of different teams. Uh, and that gives me the best kind of opportunities, but you can look at those and you can uh, bet nightly and a lot of good options, but make sure you get the best information, which you can get with the action network app. Awesome. Uh, so prop bets, things like that is, is that just more fun than likely to make you money or is it both or like, wh where's the novice uh, more likely not to get embarrassed and lose their shirt? Uh, don't bet parlays is the big thing is like, guys, I'll just put in like this four team. Every one of my friends bet parlays this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're fun. I bet a lot of parlays in terms of round robin, but you know, you gotta be, you need to be, if you're, if you're looking to like, if you actually are looking for something that's small and containable, I mean, you're looking at a good, better average is 55% in terms of his, that's how much you need to be profitable there's ways to be less profitable if you return on ROI, which means like if you take underdogs right on the money line and opportunities mm. like that, the NBA is one of the toughest. I'll say that like the NBA is, is pretty much consensus the toughest sport to bet because, and we've kind of done some research on this. The problem is largely that the scoring is very variant, right? It's not football where it's mm. like seven and three. Um, and then the other problem is, motivation in the nba swings so wildly it's just it's tuesday in uh, february and this right. the sun should absolutely kill this team but the suns have been on the road for five nights and they went out last night in philadelphia and partied after a big win and now they have a back-to-back and -back or now they're it's two days later and they're they, they're playing in orlando and they're tired and they're bored and then they get caught you know crept up on that happens a lot more over the course of 82 games and so that variance can cause a lot of stress and frustration um props i would say actually there's a way to like we have really good tools at action i'm not just pumping my company like we really do have good action like good mm -hmm. tools my uh one of my guys that i work with brandon anderson hit at like a 62% rate last season. It was crazy because wow. if you take the contextual information of understanding the league and then you apply it to what the number is, and then you look at the ones that are how they're juiced, which means minus 115 versus minus 110, it's basically, are you paying 10 cents in VIG or not? Those kind of things. If you manage that well, then yeah, you can come out, you you can be a good better. Again, it just depends on how much time you want to put into it. I put a ton of time into it and I'm still, I still struggled last season. So it's still something that I'm working on. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, <laughs> that, that whole thing is just scary because I know like, like what you just said, you don't know what attitude 
the team is going to have coming into a game on any given night. So you really can't, the games are not one on paper. So, but you're betting on paper. So that's just what's so tough. So let's talk for now um, before the season starts where there's there, you can, you can lay some bets on, on what's going to happen in the season. Uh, So what would you say is your favorite uh, thing to bet on right now? Uh, Would it, like betting on opening games. Uh, what do you what do, what are you betting on? Do you think is is like a good is a good thing to bet on right now? I bet a lot of positions in on MVP. I spend a lot of time studying MVP. It's the biggest thing I've studied in my career. I've written extensively on it. I do straw polls of other voters to find out you know where they're leaning. Those kind of things. I've studied the path of how the odds shift and those kind of things. So uh, I have a pretty wide variety of positions on the MVP. Um, that's my favorite thing. I think probably to bet right now I am currently doing for action network. I actually go over every single team for their win total and which is, you know, the over under of wins. And I do a breakdown of, I make the case for, okay, if you're gonna make the case for the over, what does this look like? If you're gonna make the case for the under, what does it look like? And then where do I wind up leaning? And a lot of times it's going to be a pass. It's going to be look. there's no value here. It's, it's in, it's in a pretty tight range of where I expect them to be. Um, I put a lot of work into those. You have to go over every single detail, which I love. Uh, it's mm-hmm. how did the roster improve? Where did they get worse? Okay, they did really well last year, but what were the context of it? I look at things like how did they perform versus good teams versus bad teams? Because historically, if you perform well versus bad teams, you're more likely to rack up a good regular season record. Uh, good, doing well versus the great teams, which by the way is what the Suns did last year, is difficult to sustain. Most of those are coin flip games. You look at the schedule. Uh, using a site called Positive Residual, which does great work in putting together a um, diagnosis and kind of a blueprint of what the schedule looks like, not just of the whole season, but I look at things like, okay, how are they through New Year's to start the season? How are they in the middle? And then what does their back end look like? Because Mm -hmm. even if they're a really good team, like the Suns this year have a 51 and a half win total at DraftKings. So if we're going to get there, I need them to be, to be feel like if they're going into the last three weeks of the season, they've either crossed it or they're at say 48 to 45 to 48 wins. So I can feel good about them getting over that line if I take the over. And so you need to be able to look at it and say like, all right, even if they're coasting, if yeah. they rest guys, can they still win? Or are they facing teams that are going to be battling tooth and nail for a playoff spot? Like if they're playing Portland, in the second or in the first week of April, you know, that gets tough because Portland's motivation is going to be a lot higher. If I expect Mm -hmm. the Suns to have already secured their seed, I need them to go against teams like the magic and the thunder who are openly tanking. (laughs) So I could feel good about getting over the, over the top of that line. And so you you factor all this information in. Um, I do a lot of win totals betting. I'll bet heavier on the ones that I think are my best bets for the season. I'm also, I'll look at some division. One thing that's, I think is really great. I just saw this actually, as we came on Uh, DraftKings has put up division forecast, which means you can pick the top two finishers in order in the division. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of value I think to be found in that. Um, especially in the Western Conference. Well, hey, let's talk about win totals here. One thing, I, before we talk about the Suns in particular, one thing I, I think I noticed, and you can tell me if I'm right or not, but it looks like um, the the projected win totals out, out at, at the different betting sites are a little tighter this year than usual. You know, you don't have a top end um, as high on, on projected wins and, and, and not even on the, on the low end either. 
Um, is that because the regular season is a little less predictable because of rest, or is it because of the play-in tournament? You mentioned Portland might be more motivated than usual, that kind of team. What do you, or am I just making things up? Are they not tighter? No, I, think, I think if you look at it, uh, one of the problems that they've had is just the regular season, the playoffs have never been further apart than they are right now. Um, if you go back to 2007, 2008, when I started writing, mm -hmm. it you know it was like, well, the playoffs are a whole different animal. And then it became like, well, the playoffs are a whole different league. And now it's like, they're a whole different sport. Like they're just, it's not, nothing is the same. And so if nothing is the same, then you can't really be able to feel confident about these win totals because if one team, the Nets are a great example of this. Like the Nets didn't care about the regular season at all last year, but they still coasted to a top two yeah. in the East. So that's the question going in this year is like, okay, if they, you know, are they going to take it seriously enough? But not only just like, will they, it's like, do they need to, like, do they need to? Right. There's no evidence that they needed to. Yeah. To get past it. And so you have all these kind of things. And especially last year was tough, I think, because, uh, I mean, look, this has been a kind of a trend is yes. Being without your best player hurts you. It hurts you more over the long term, though, in a single game. If it's just like, oh, he's out tonight. He's got a bad ankle. He should be back next game. That's like a moment where everybody steps up and goes, Hey, we need to fill in for this guy because he's out. And it's a spot where whoever's the backup is like, Hey, I'm actually going to get minutes and touches tonight. Like, right, I've talked right. to coaches about this, and coaches have said, like, You have the agent calling them and saying, Hey, you're going to get the start tonight. You need to have a big night because you have a contract coming up. So, right. like, that guy goes out and really busts it to look good because it'll, you know, it's his opportunity. And so like all of these things that throughout the course of 82 games is I think what gets difficult. I will also say that like, there's been some talk of these, these win totals being kind of truncated. Um, you know, the Raptors in 2019 were at uh, 55 and a half. Um, the Lakers were only at 48 and a half because nobody knew, really knew how good they were going to be uh, coming into that season. Uh, there's all these kind of like, all, all of these, if we look at, at the regular season win totals, the Nets are still 56 and a half, right? So the yeah. top end is still very high. What I find that kind of the win totals suggest is that there's going to be a, a cluster at the top of both conferences of a handful of teams that are going to be really good. And then there's going to be a pretty healthy chunk of not very good. And then like a chunk of bad. Um, yeah. So it's definitely got a heavier tail. Definitely three back. layers. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I don't necessarily agree with it. That's one of the reasons why I think I'm, I'm, you know, the win totals, I think you can find value is mm -hmm. most of the time, but part of what they're doing also is the win total suggests that never, ever, ever think that the, that any, any number that is put out there by a book is not based off of what they think will happen. It's what they think will generate bets on both sides of the coin. And yeah, what will avoid them taking on leverage where they're in a, a rough spot, right? And so that's like a big part of this is they may have the Bulls and the Pacers in a certain together in a range. That doesn't mm. mean that they think the Bulls and the Pacers will finish together. It's probably that they think one of them will finish. The, there's a decent probability that both of them finish in that range. There's a decent probability that one of them finishes in that range. And that's like how it winds up being balanced because the wins have to be distributed amongst the other teams. 
Right. And that's the thing is I, I saw it, uh, you tweeted a week or two ago, you were looking at win totals and you were coming up with your own. And you said, <clears throat> how, how off were you in total wins the first time you went through? You tweeted about this. You were like, oh, yeah, over yeah, I by like, I was over by like 25 wins. Like, yeah, I'm always. <laughs> and that's I, what we do is we is we yeah. anticipate. We think, oh, this team's going to do that. That team's OK. Add them up. Yeah, that's the thing. Do the is, math. Yeah. And that's the thing is you have to. Um, and this is the time when it, it's all optimistic, right? Mm. Nobody looks like they're going to be terrible this year. Every team. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, the team podcast, so I can get a feel for what the people that actually cover the team nightly think about it. And like there, um, there's a, a the magic podcaster for the Locked On Network on Locked On Magic. Like he made a, a very confident case. Like he's confident they're going to win at least 25 games. Now I think he's nuts because I can't see this team <laughs> winning more than 20, but. Like this is where we are is, is in the preseason. Everybody's able to take an optimistic eye. The Pelicans are going to get it together and, and chemistry won't be an issue. Right. And the Nuggets will be able to find their way without Jamal Murray. And, you know, why should the Suns regress? Like, look how good they are. And everybody feels confident. Um, and so you have to kind of really balance that. And that's why one of the reasons I like win totals a lot versus when I used to just do general team previews is it gives you a number to really work against as, as far as an expectation. If the market expects them to be at this number, is the market too optimistic or too pessimistic about who they're going to be? Yeah, that's quite interesting because we all obviously we're all optimistic about our team in the beginning of the season until we actually see them play. And and so if you did add them all up, there'd be way too many wins in the conference. That's why when when people are like, how are the Suns going to going to rise up the Western Conference? I'm like, good teams rise up, man. You just do because for every extra win the Suns get, that's less wins across the rest of the conference. It just it's just Math, but anyway, let me t let's let me uh, pick your brain on the Suns themselves. So, there are some like we were talking about. You you said your favorite future bet would be um, looking at who might win the MVP. So, tell me what kind of analysis you've done on the MVP um, rankings and and who do you think is toward the top? And and if any of them um, have a last name of Booker, I'd be very excited to hear about it. So I have a big <laughs> I have a big position on the MVP already. I've bet on, I think, uh, let's see here. Uh, eight players to win MVP, which obviously okay. they can't all win. <laughs> uh, but I, what you do is I think that I pick the players. That I think the number is at the best now and that will likely go down. Right. So that it gives you the opportunity to hedge against it. If there's somebody else that pops in there, like I haven't bet LeBron yet. And LeBron's a guy that I'll know, a month and a half into the season, I'm probably going to be able to tell whether LeBron is going for it or if LeBron is still in coast mode or if he's healthy or if he looks right and how the Lakers are doing. I can bet LeBron later. So I can add on to these positions later. Um, the mm -hmm. best value on the board, and we covered this on uh, my NBA betting podcast, which is Buckets from the Action Network. You just look for Buckets and subscribe. Myself, Brandon Anderson, and Raheem Palmer, the guys I work with, we all concluded the best value right now is Giannis at plus 800. Um, he no longer has the, uh, repeat winner. So we're bored by him. Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't have the, couldn't win, you know, great, but he's got to show us the playoffs. Now it's like, Hey, Giannis just dropped 50 in the finals. Giannis might be the best player in the NBA. Yeah. So like that, I think helps. He can win it again. He's fresh again. Yeah. yeah. And so that's that he's, his narrative <clears throat> is fresh. Cause this is a lot of it. You have to balance the numbers 
with the wins, with the narrative, because there's voters right. that represent all three of those categories on the 100 person uh, MVP voting contingent. Uh, I have a big position on Curry because I think Steph's going to have an absolutely like he was incredible last year. I think he's going to be incredible this year. He's still shooting like 2016. Mm-hmm. I've got no reason to think that he's going to be worse. I have got no reason to think the Warriors are going to be worse. So if they wind up as a top four seed, I think Curry's in a very good position to get it. Um, I have a small position on Zion just because he's maybe the most impactful force. Like it's very, right. it, 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 when he, when the Pelicans win, you know that Zion did insane things and destroyed worlds. Uh, I've got position he's on a Trey plus 4,000. So yeah. that's great yeah. odds if you, you know, if you yeah. get that. Uh, I've got Trey Young at uh, I've got him at 2100 because I think the Hawks I, I'm higher on the Hawks than most everybody else and I've got T- Jason Tatum at 2900 because he's a player that combines both impact stats and defense you can't hit him mm-hmm. for defense uh, I will say mm-hmm. I have not bet this yet but this this came across my like screen and when I was just thinking about things uh, a couple of of days ago about ten days ago Devin Booker's plus 2500. Now, I said that I think that the Suns are going to regress. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong because Devin Booker is going to be an MVP candidate. He had yeah. last season was really hard to parse for him because there were spots. His final numbers looked fine. There were times where it looked like he had taken kind of a step back next to Chris and like he wasn't as efficient. Like Devin didn't mm-hmm. have an insane regular season. You know, it was just no, like I've on record to say that it was his worst, uh, one of his worst in years, actually. Yeah. So that, that, I'm glad to hear that because that's how it felt to me was mm-hmm. I, I didn't look at now. I thought that Devin was great about doing the things that help a team win. And when you're, that was you're it. Still, and when you're putting up 26, four and four shooting 48 from still the field, pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. 48 <laughs> from the field and, you know, 34% from three, the, the 34% from three is really important here is like, if he has a season where he actually like gets hot from three and he is, he incorporates everything that he's learned. Mm-hmm. Like I could see Devin getting into that conversation. People are going to want to put him in that combo. The other thing is like, if, if you look at the Suns and you're like, I don't think Chris can play that many games again. Yeah. Well, if they, if he doesn't play as many games, but the Suns are as good. It was that Devin. again means Devin has probably done things. And everybody likes Devin. Like he doesn't have people, I think, in the voting block that don't want him to succeed or don't think he's good. Um, contrary to what Suns fans might feel about national media, like I think that not general, anymore. We yeah. we love it. We love it now. Yeah, we yeah. used to. We used to yeah. get mad, but uh, now that the Suns are winning, a everyone else loves him, and b we're not as uptight about it. Yeah. Um, you know, with Devin Booker, I think there's two things. I've thought about this a little bit myself. He, I, I really think he had one of his worst seasons this past year of, of his more recent seasons. Obviously, it's better than when he was young, young. But um, 26, 4, and 4, but he didn't pass nearly as much. He didn't uh, handle the ball. He didn't create as many high-level passes. And like you said, all he's got to do is straighten out that three-point shot, which he's really great at. I think he just yeah. – I literally think he stopped practicing the three because he thought it was in his back pocket and he focused on his mid range game like crazy. That dude is so focused and, and decided also that he was going to be Chris Paul's sidekick guaranteed. No question about it. There was not going to be any fight for position on the team. He is Chris Paul sidekick and uh, he ended up making himself more like CJ McCollum in some ways in that. And I think when, if he turns that back on passes more and makes more threes, 
I, I think he's got to be in that conversation. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he absolutely does. He's such a great passer. So, you know, I'd like, I'd like to see Chris kind of take a little bit of a back step this season and just be yeah. like, I'm going to coast a little bit. I'm going to play fewer minutes. The only thing, the reason I haven't bet this yet is honestly the Olympics. It's Devin had the, the bubble. Yeah. You know, two months off the regular season played 67 longest playoff run first playoff run of his career. This is the most basketball he's played in a single calendar year in his life. He's still mm-hmm. young, so he's able to do these things, but doing all of that, then flying to Tokyo, playing in the Olympics, coming back, getting basically a month off and then going and doing this again. Right. Even for a guy with a young, a young pup like him, I still am kind of like, that's a lot to ask of him. So I'm being a little patient. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep thinking about it. The other one that I've looked at is, you know, look, he averaged 26 last season. If we say that part of this is like, do you think somebody averages 30? Cause somebody's averaged 30 over the in each of the last like four or five seasons. But if we kind of do game theory and we say, if you say to yourself, I think Bradley Beal is going to get traded. I'm not saying I do. I'm saying if you ask yourself, sure. Sure. If you say that to yourself, yeah. yeah if you say like, Brad, I think Bradley Beal is going to get traded. I don't think James Harden is going to play all that many, uh, uh, maybe may, might miss with games missed if he rest mm-hmm. manages. And if he doesn't, I don't think he's going to be as much of a score because KD and Kyrie will probably play more this season. And so there won't be as many shots for Harden. So he, he's off the list. Uh, if you want to say Curry, for whatever reason, like Curry gives up shots to, to Clay Thompson or like whatever else, like that's the hard one to yeah. get around. Cause Steph won it last season. That's the hard one to get around. Yeah. But you can basically bet Steph too. And then Devin is at 2,500 to win mm-hmm. scoring leader. I look at the names for scoring leader and it's like, look, okay, we talked about Beal. Uh, I don't know. Uh, everything with Luka Doncic is, is I have to reach with, I, ha- I have to approach the caveat of, yeah, it's Luka Doncic, but Jason Kidd's his coach. So right. I, don't know, I don't know what to well, do I don't, there. I don't, get, I don't get where the optimism is coming out with, the fact that you've got Jason Kidd as coach, I also feel bad for Dame Lillard. He's got Chauncey Billups. Not that they're bad coaches, but it's tough situations they're both walking into. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just tough. And then, like Dame, we don't know if Dame's going to get dealt. That's uncertain. Embiid, always injuries are an issue. He's coming off a meniscus tear. Mm-hmm. Giannis, Giannis probably won't have to play as many minutes, and they'll probably want to get him some rest throughout mm-hmm. the season. Um, so I don't know if he's going to wind up scoring, you know, twenty nine thirty. Zion has a lot of injury concerns as well. Uh, then you get into Tatum and Trey Young. And I think that Booker is in that conversation with Tatum and Trey Young. So once we get there, you're at, I think, even value. And at 25 to one, I think that there's probably like, again, I haven't bet this yet, but I'm thinking about it. I think that they're, as far as if you're looking for a long shot to go in the mm-hmm. season, these are the type of sun centric bets that I would be looking at. Yep. And if you want to place those bets on the NBA, you want to place bets on week three of the NFL go to the DraftKings Sportsbook. That is the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly. When all you got to do is bet $1 on any game, on any football game, you get $150 back right to you to bet yourself. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes on your first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN 
to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Arizona, you're just fine. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Now let's get back to Matt. Okay, so Coach of the Year. Um, I don't know if there's any bets out on that, but I don't see Monty Williams winning it twice in a row anyway. But yeah, I mean, uh, isn't e- how is Ime Odoka even on the on the list? But I, I got to look at the actual betting lines right now. Yeah, is there betting lines on Coach of the Year? Yeah, yeah, there are. Uh, Udoka is plus fifteen hundred, and uh, Monty Williams is plus eleven hundred. He is the fifth highest on the board. So the leaders are Steve Nash, Eric Spolstra, Billy Donovan, Quinn Snyder, and Monty Williams. Um, I like Billy Donovan quite a bit. If you you basically have to decide whether you think the Bulls are good or not. If you think the Bulls are good, the Billy Donovan's probably going to be in that conversation. Right. What we kind of found, found with Coach of the Year, it doesn't go to Popovich was the only guy who really got the he is the best coach in the league. Like he is, he coaches, he actually does coach better. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's more just about the did you take story. a team that yeah. nobody thought was that good and make them really great? And if you did, then you get in the, that's, that qualifies you for coach of the year. Um, Nash. I have this feeling that I don't think that the, I just think super teams are not going to get rewarded. I think, you know, I think especially coaches don't get rewarded for super teams. If Nash was going to win it, you, you give him to it last year. Cause you're like, look, they finished with the second seed and he was missing with a top heavy team. He was without two of the top three for most of the season. Imagining Nash getting it this year, I, I think is kind of a stretch. Um, Spolstra does have the respect of everybody thinking that he's really good, mm-hmm. but it, that I'm ends not, up working like, against you. If you uh, already like, came into the year as being like you just said about the same mm-hmm. thing with pop. Yeah. And so sometimes there is a delayed effect, but that's kind of the difference with Monty, right? Is that, um, you know, with Monty and, and Tibbs too is, yeah usually there's kind of like a delayed effect where you didn't get it, but then you came back and did it again. It's like, okay, now we're going to give it to you. Uh, it would take, I think the sun's getting the number one seed. If the sun's got the number yeah. one seed, then maybe, but I still think that the expectations play such a bit. And this is kind of different from how, how it has been. Like oftentimes it really was just like, did you have like, were you the best team? Like Steve Kerr won in 2016. They won 73 mm-hmm. games and they had a super team. Durant wasn't around then, but once Durant came, obviously there wasn't any chance Kerr was going to win. Um, but now I think it really is more of it's judged against expectation more than anything. I think the expectations for the Suns are still high enough. I think it's going to be tough right. for mine to win. All right. Uh, let's go on to most improved player. Do you see any, uh, any, any good odds for, uh, who do you, who's your favorite, by the way, who are you putting, um, money on? And then, uh, do you see any sons in that list? Uh, I like Jordan. I mean, they're Poole. not in the list. Yeah. <laughs> Mikel's uh, way, way like, down there. My favorite bet is Jordan pool at plus 2,800 for the warriors. I really? Think he's gonna be, yeah. I think he's going to be great. I like him for, for that. And for, 
Uh, I like him for uh, six man too, actually. Wow. Uh, we found, we did some research and basically uh, here's the best way to bet most improved um, is actually not to bet now. And I don't okay. think the pool is going to be an all-star, but this is the best way to bet it. Wait until the all-star, the first round of all-star nominations come in and look at those and see what player's team was not in the playoffs last year is in the playoffs now and would be a first time all-star. And if you gotcha. cross those three lines, you, you have got a very Julius good Randall. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And if, if Julius Randall had not won and the bulls had made the playoffs, I think Zach Levine probably wins. Right. And so that's another candidate. So this is, so there we go. You, yeah. That's what I look at is it used to be really like a, Hey, did you go from being nothing to like a rotation player, which is more of what Jordan Poole is again. I like it for six man um, a little bit more, but now it really is like, did you go from a non all-star to an all-star that's been the track record over the last couple of years i think that's where the voting base is is if you are the guy on a playoff team who missed last season and are better this year and are now looking at being a first-time all-star you have a pretty good chance of being most improved so you're big on you said you're bigger on jordan pool for six man than most improved so yeah. who's your favorite well, you said you're not going to bet yet, but um, if you had to, if you were betting right now, what would you say is your best line? It's tough. Um, Michael Bora Jr. is the favorite. That one's like the one that's seems easiest, just because if he has a massive season, like a high end MPJ season, is something like him averaging 25 points on 50, 40, 90. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a monster in terms of statistical and, and shooting for all his problems with defense and understanding team concepts, like MPJ does kind of project as a player that could definitely leap into like, Holy crap. He's just like, he's racking up. Like he can have a stretch where it's like, he's racking up 30 every night over a, a week period, even with Jokic on the team, because Jokic will de- defer to him because Jokic genuinely doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, Darius Garland's probably on my list. It's hard to find guys that I think would actually fit the category because I don't like betting on second year guys because I think that there's kind of an inherent bias against them. You need a guy that's been quiet for a couple of years and then explodes. I will say, here's one. Derek White, if I was going to bet, I would probably bet Derek White at plus 2,500. Again, I don't think that this qualifies because I don't think he's going to be an all-star. I'm going to wait. And right. But Derek White. He's even going to get enough minutes. They got a lot of people. But I think he's like the guy for San Antonio. Okay. And so I think if, I think if anybody pops on San Antonio, if San Antonio is suddenly like, man, here are the Spurs again, it's because Derek white made like a leap and looks like a real threat, but coming off an injury and like a bunch of other things. Like I said, I think the better, better play on most improved player is to wait and see where they get to, um, by all-star. That's great advice. Now, six man of the year has a little bit different criteria. That's not about all-stars. Because uh, it seems like almost every six man in history has been some guy who who was not in an all star game until maybe he got a um, you know a, a career award or something like that toward the end. Uh, Jordan Clarkson last year, Montrez Harrell the year before, the Williams a couple years, uh, two years before that. Um, who's your favorites in as far as like t- again t- putting the money down on six man of the year? Jordan Poole. 100%. Yeah, you um, did say Jordan Poole already. Is that, uh, 
Yeah, sorry about that. I, I think he's going to be really good in that aspect. The other one is Jalen Brunson. I like him a lot at plus 2,000. Okay. Um, he was really impactful for the Mavs. He'll get minutes. He'll play next. He'll play with the starters at times. I think sometimes point guards struggle with kid, but we'll see. Uh, I think he's a guy that the Mavs offense will look good enough. Cause a lot of times six man is just points. It's right. Just, it's just points and the Mavs are going to score a lot. So you need to be looking at those kind of guys. I also have a long shot bet on DeAnthony Melton for the Grizzlies because he was absolutely terrific in his minutes last year in terms of impact and scoring. I'm hoping that eventually this, what I'm, I am hoping is that this award finally sometime moves beyond just, Hey, who scored the most points that didn't start? It's like 18 Alex. points is a magic number. Who's scoring 18 points off the bench yep. for a team that is, is good yep. basically. And that's, um, yep. that's, that's your key is who's the best team with an 18 point bench score. That's why, the uh, Jazz had the top two last year, right? Ingles and Ingles. I don't think he was 18 points, but Jordan Clarkson. That's why he won it. Um, so who's going to get 18 points off the bench this year? You're feeling like you're feeling Jordan pull a lot. Um, you know, what do you think of like? So that's why I don't think like a Tyrese Halliburton. I don't think mm-hmm. um, guys like that. They're not going to get enough points to get the attention. If it was um, actually based off of impact, which is what I think it should be, it's like, okay, do you win the minutes? Because that's what's important. Is like, do you right. are you the reason that the bench wins the wins their minutes? Because if you mm. win your minutes versus on, on the bench, most times you'll win in the regular season. That's a huge factor because oftentimes the starters are basically draws. Uh, yeah. Patty Mills has been the best, the best player off the bench of any player in terms of impact. His teams for the Spurs have kicked the crap out of everyone like that's how the spurs won games up until late last yep. season when everybody yep. was gone was their bench unit would roll their starters would put them in a hole i got to where i was doing this automatic thing where i would bet spurs first quarter against them because lamarcus aldridge and Demar Derozan would get them in a, a 10 to 12 point hole <laughs> and then i would bet them second quarter to win because the bench would come in and dig them out of it it was mm. really amazing uh but Mills never got any conversation for six man. So that's kind of, I think the risk here's but the other now guy he's on the nets. Yeah. Here's the other guy. I think you should, you should look at probably for six man is Derek Rose at plus 1800. Um, going to play a ton of minutes, not going to start behind or over Kemba. Uh, Tibbs loves him. We'll get him points. He's going to score. He had great scoring averages last season. He'll probably have better ones this season. Derek Rose is another one that you, that you have to look at. So as far as Phoenix Suns players, uh, campaigns there on the list anywhere he's, he's uh, you were somewhere around 15th or so as far as the betting lines, depending on which one you're looking at. Kim Johnson is about twice as far down. Do you see either of those guys having the kind of season that would get him in the in the race? I mean, I, I don't mind Cam Johnson at 3,500. Uh, I like him a lot, but probably not enough to bet it. I, I, I got to be honest with you, I'm a little – so I like campaign in his first run. I was like, I, th- I could see some stuff with him. And I was sad that his career kind of fell apart. And I thought last year was just like incredible. And I talked, mm. like I would talk about like, Hey, like, Hey, campaign has been really good for them. And like, he's been really awesome and all these things. I, I do expect a, a little bit of regression again. I just don't know that he's going to be as good at everything as he was last season, especially because I think <laughs> the playoffs kind of showed, um, <laughs> 
when campaign runs pick and roll, there's only two options. He's either going to pull up and shoot a three, or he's going to drive to the hole and try a layup. And there's nothing in the middle. Like there's very right. few like making complex reads out of the pick and mm-hmm. roll. And so I think that that will kind of limit some of that. Uh, now look, he could still learn is- that. I mean, that's a he. He's, he's seeing all the tape we are, you know. Yeah. And that's that's what we're hoping for anyway. In Phoenix, is he he figures out a floater game or the. The Goran Dragic, where you do, you know, you you drive real hard, but then you stop and turn around, and mm-hmm. the guy flies by because he thinks you're yeah. going to go for the layup. Because yeah, he is, he is a two trick pony. That's exactly yeah. it. He's a two trick pony. Yeah, and he can learn a lot of stuff. Like he can put guys in jail and and draw fouls and stuff like that. But I think the other concern is like, look, if you if you if you look at the season, you say Chris is likely to either suffer an injury or have to miss time for rest or some combination with mm-hmm. soreness or whatever. Cam winds up probably starting in a lot of those spots. And if Cam winds up starting, that could jeopardize the number of games that he's eligible for against six him yeah. or six man. So I think that's the other consideration you have to have. Right. All right. Uh, let's see. Well, I think, is there any other, is there any other lines or any other things that you're betting on right now? Uh, futures wise or whatever it is for the NBA that, that you want the, the readers to know or listeners to know about? Um, I mean, look, I think for Suns in particular, look, if you're feeling frisky, the Suns are plus 220 to win the the conference or the event, we're in the division rather. And they have division straight forecast, which again is the top two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just saw those come out and I'm really fascinated in them. Uh, if you want to bet Suns first, Lakers second, it's plus 450. So if you're basically saying, look, I think the Lakers will be good, but I think the Suns will be better. It's plus 450. And if you bet Lakers first, Suns second, it's plus 280. Which to me, I don't see the Clippers being better than either of those teams without Kawhi. As good as I think the, the Clippers will be. Regular season for sure. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be pretty good. Now, I'm probably going to be on the Warriors in some of this. Because, again, you know, I think the Warriors, Nuggets, and Suns will be in a small mini tier amongst themselves in the Western Conference standings. I think in terms of win total. Um I will tell you on, on my 50 on the sun's win total of 51 and a half. I have to take the under. I just, it's too high. If it was 49 and a half, I'm probably looking at the over. That's a two win differential, but that changes quite a bit of like the math on it. I can see the sun's winning 50, 52 mm-hmm. wins. is just, it's a lot in a, what I think is a vulnerable Western conference. Like, I don't think that's every team is stacked. Mm-hmm. I think every team has weaknesses and strengths and are pretty good. The biggest thing is just the Suns were phenomenal versus great teams last year, and they were not bad. I want to be very clear on this. They weren't bad versus mediocre te- or bad teams, but they did finish uh, 24 and 10. If you have more than 10 losses in an 82 game season, let alone 72 versus teams under 500, mm-hmm. I red yeah. flag you. So, their insta now some of this i will admit was they went on that east coast road trip late in the year and they were just exhausted and tired and having to play a brutal stretch in there mm-hmm. i still kind of look at the suns and i go they're probably if, if they're not going to be able to completely control things versus the bad teams and they have a little bit worse luck versus the good teams that win total probably comes down a little bit again i think they'll wind up being a top five team i think they'll be right there i think they'll be a dangerous threat in the western conference but 
I do have to kind of go under on them for the season win total of 51 and a half. Well, if you're looking at it from the outside, you're, you're talking about putting money down. I can totally see that argument. Um, it, it, they did go 51 and 21 this past year. So predicting 51 or under on wins means they're going to lose every extra game that the now the 82 game schedule has. But I see what you're saying. And uh, they were they did decide to lay, take it easy against the uh, some of the league's worst teams more than any Suns fan wanted to see. Um, but then they kicked ass against the best teams, which shows they have the capacity to win any game they want. We'll just have to see. We'll have to see how the how the season goes out. Matt, I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Thank you very, very much. Uh, tell us where we can find you and um, obviously pimp anything you want on the Action Network. Yeah, thanks for having me. really appreciate it. Uh, if you're interested in my podcasts, I've got – I'm on Locked On NBA on Thursdays with Jackson Gatlin. Uh, I host Locked On Nuggets here in Denver with Adam Morris. Uh, I have Buckets for the Action Network, which breaks down betting every week on Wednesdays. And there's a DFS and Fantasy show on Mondays as well, which is great. Uh, you can find all my work at the Action Network and on the Action Network app. Even if you don't, if you're just like, you know what, I'm kind of interested in betting, but I'm not actually going to bet all that much. Our app tracks stuff the fastest. I have tracked it. I've actually been in the arena and tracked our app versus the television feed versus what's happening live. And our information updates faster than the television feed. Wow. If you want the up to the second information on what's going on in games, you want to download the action network app on all your mobile devices. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. Uh, This is Dave King. You can find me at Dave King NBA. You can find my writing brightsideofthesun.com. We got a great stable of writers over there. And of course this podcast, thank you so much for listening at tonight, everybody have a good day. And thank you for coming and listening to the show today, folks. I appreciate you finding me on this new feed. If you like what you heard today and on other episodes, share this pod with your friends. Not everybody has found the new solar panel feed. We get fresh national and local guests every episode at least once a week, if not twice or three times. And before you go today, right now, please make sure you're subscribed or following and getting notifications when new episodes are released. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate a five-star rating and a review if you have got the time. But at least that rating, that would really help me rebuild. Thank you. Talk to you next time.